welcome warfare around here. Amen? Amen. You know why? Because our Jesus is the mighty warrior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you've got some crazy friends, bring them here. They'll meet Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to uh, share a word this morning. Get your pens out because I've got a lot of scripture references. So we're going to preach scripture this morning. Pastor John asked me if I would carry on with the vision, right? He shared a tremendous message last Sunday on the vision. And we're going to carry on this morning with the title, Visions and Dreams, in two parts. God's vision for you and your vision for God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that you have a vision for us, Lord. You have dreams for us, Lord. You have ambitions for us, Lord. You've given your life to us as a living sacrifice that we may say, yes, Lord Jesus. So we pray this morning, Lord, as we bring forth this word that the power of the Holy Spirit would burn it in our hearts, Lord. For it's no good to preach unless we can hear the preacher, unless we can apply it to our lives. So we apply the word this morning through your messenger, the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Part one, God's vision for you. As a living, breathing human being, we're far different from any other animal, right? From any other species. Because human beings are made in the image of God, right? We have a spirit. We have a soul. We can choose to worship him. We can choose to say yes to the Lord. Hallelujah. So God's created us that way as a, as a human being. But God has a dream. God has a vision for us, each one of us. Because of the fact that we're made in his image, he has a right to take over our lives, right? He has a right to interfere with our life. He has a right for us to say yes to him. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, the Bible says, where there is no revelation... The King James Version says where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint or the people perish. In other words, people live like animals when there's no vision in their life, right? When they have, there's no restraint. Why is there no restraint in people's lives? Because they haven't said yes to Jesus Christ, right? And when we say yes to him, he brings restraint. He, he tells us you can't just do whatever you want to do. You can't just live like hell. You're my child now, right? So when we live for the Lord, we have that restraint to want to please him. We don't live like animals anymore. God wants you to know him. He desires to reveal himself to you. He wants to restrain us with his love, right? Hallelujah. I'm getting like Dave Manning now saying right all the time. But that's all right, isn't it? Because when you say right, that means it's getting through. Hallelujah. So God wants us. He wants us to, to, to restrain our lives un, under his umbrella, under his love. He absolutely detests losing you to sin. Do you know what breaks God's heart when we live in rebellion against him? When we live under Satan's grip? When we live a hellish life? When there's no restraints on our life? when we live a damnable uh, uh, a life that will end up in hell. But God wants to rescue you. He wants to intervene in your life. In Romans 12, verse 9, 
it says the great dragon was cast out of heaven. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels with him. So who do you think the ruler of this earth is? The Bible clearly says, right? It's the devil. It's Satan and his angels, his demons. In the second part of Revelation 12, uh, the second part of that 12th verse of Revelation 12, it says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows his time is short. But God said, and these are my words, God said, I won't let humanity go. Hallelujah. God said, I won't let the forces of hell destroy my created beings. That's why there's warfare. That's why we see warfare here this morning. Did you know there's warfare in the heavenlies going on every moment? That the angels of God are fighting against the angels of, of Satan? That there's warfare in the heavenlies? If you could just see what goes on between God and Satan, even now. But the Lord Jesus has stood up for us. Hallelujah. So the inhabitants of the earth were under the spell of Satan. But God said, I won't let you go. I won't let the forces of hell destroy my created beings. I have made you in my image, and I'm going to fight for you. Hallelujah. He says, I will fight for my own. I will go to war against Satan. I will rescue. I will redeem my children. Hallelujah. God said, I will reveal myself as never before. I will go to earth as a man. I will take on Satan toe-to-toe and face-to-face. I will stand before him. I will offer myself as a living revelation through the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? For the sacrifice of your sin, for your rebellion, for your turning away from me. He said, I will defeat Satan in his own game. Hallelujah. Through Jesus Christ, he said, through a man that has come, fully God and fully man. He said, I will come. I will take back what is mine. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The greatest Super Bowl that has ever been played is going on today, hallelujah, with Jesus fighting the devil, hallelujah. Jesus is our conqueror, hallelujah. We vote for Jesus. We cheer for Jesus. We shout for Jesus, amen, because he is our victor, hallelujah. Satan offers you the pleasures of the the flesh, He's rebellious. He offers you free sex. He offers you drugs. He offers you addictions. He offers you porno. He offers you all the trash of the world, all the garbage of Hollywood. But you know what? That's the highest bar he can offer. He's only about a four or five on a 10. Hallelujah. But God offers you a 10. Hallelujah. God says that I will give you the nations of the world and the ends of the earth. I will give you an eternal city called heaven. God God gives you a perfect 10. Hallelujah. So you'd be nuts not to accept it, right? In 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5, Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. Jesus has brought us new life. 
Jesus, according to his abundant mercy, has caused us to be born again. We can come to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ for the, from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. As I was telling Brother Oscar Friday night, faith, God's given you that gift of faith. And you might struggle during the week, but if you'll just have the faith, if you will turn back in your mind to the fact that Jesus Christ hung on the cross for you, if you will have faith in that absolute fact that there is a living God, hallelujah, and I'm going to believe God regardless of what the world says. I'm going to believe God regardless of what the naysayers say, amen, regardless of what the media says, regardless of what anybody says. I'm going to believe God, right? I'm going to have faith in his promises. God says, I'm sorry, Kurt, I skipped this one. I'm going to get back to it. Psalm 2, verse 8. God says, ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Hallelujah. So the living hope we have, what a contrast in life today. You can either live by Satan's lies or you can live by God's power and his truth, Right? If you want to put your faith in absolute truth, people say, what is truth? And that goes back, way back to the days of Pilate and Herod. What is truth? We know the truth is in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can never, never find a promise that God makes that he doesn't fulfill. And there's still a lot of promises to come to pass. Amen? So when we give our lives to Christ, we are accepting his call. We're accepting his dream. We're accepting his vision for us. We say, yes, Lord, I want your, your life. We make a transaction with the Lord. We, make, we, we give him, hallelujah, my old tattered, sinful, Satan-controlled life. We give that to Jesus, and he gives us a new life, hallelujah. He has taken our old life on the cross. He has taken our old sin on the cross. He has taken all the garbage and trash and put it on the cross with him. And he said, you can be born again. You can have new life. In Jesus Christ, amen? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.20, we see we are not our own. Catch that. We're not our own. We've been bought with a price. Now think about it. The price of Jesus' blood on the cross. Even while we were yet sinners, as Dave mentioned Friday night in Romans 5, 8, even while we were in the degradation of our sin, in the filth of our sin, in the lostness of our condition, even while we were then, there God died for us, gave his life for us, even while we were yet sinners, hallelujah. The price of Jesus' blood on the cross, the price of the royalty, the price of King Jesus, the price of the creator of all the world, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three in one, the price of them coming, the giving of Jesus giving his life for us. He was royalty. He was everything. He was our creator. He was no beginning. He is no end, the Alpha and Omega. He is forever, but yet he came and limited himself. He came as Lord of Lords. 
God Almighty came. He was spit upon him by this world. He was mocked by this world. He was called a bastard by this world. He was called an illegitimate child that Mary had some affair with a Roman soldier. All kinds of rumors they, they posted it to Jesus. He was shunned by the elite. He was treated as a condemned criminal. He took upon himself my sin, my rebellion, my addictions, my hang-ups. They were nailed to the cross with his body. Hallelujah. So I can be redeemed. I can be saved. Hebrews 13, 5 says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jeremiah 1.5, God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. Hallelujah. In Jeremiah 29.11, he said, God said, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Do you let that absorb in your heart? That God's going to give you a future. He's going to give you a hope. God has a vision for you. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, his vision is eternal life. He says in that passage, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings, which is Jesus, and cursings, which is Satan. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, hallelujah, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, hallelujah. In Philippians 3.20, we read this passage. Oh, I love this. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Praise God. Hallelujah. When Jesus arose from that cross, when Jesus arose from that tomb, 40 days he lived among us. <clears throat> in a transformed body, amen, and we're going to be conformed to that body, hallelujah. We're going to be conformed to his glorious body. So now we transition to part two of the message this morning that all God has planned for us, what is our response, what is our vision for him? There's an old Danish proverb that says, what you are is God's gift to you, but what you do with yourself is your gift to God. In Acts 26, 19, the apostle Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Can we say the same thing today? Can I say that I was not disobedient to his calling, to his vision, to his call to be saved, to come out of the world and be separate, hallelujah, to love him with all my heart, to cling to him, oh, hallelujah. Is that your vision this morning, to not be disobedient to his heavenly calling? Pastor Rick Warren says in his book, Purpose Driven Life, what on earth am I here for? He says, quote, he asked this question in the third person. He says, what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? What are you doing with the life I gave you? In Philippians 3, verse 12 through 14, 
Paul says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, amen? I press on, hallelujah. I press on, do you get it? I press on, do you get it this morning? I press on, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I used to run track in high school and college, ran the mile, run the cross country, and you had to learn to press on, hallelujah. When there was no more breath left in your lungs, you had to learn to press on, hallelujah. Oh, are we willing to press on with Jesus today? Are we willing to go on with him hallelujah are we willing to say no to the old life are we willing to not get bummed out during the week and have to get saved every weekend are we willing to press on in Jesus and be solid in him hallelujah Paul said I press on that I may lay hold hallelujah for that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me hallelujah oh brethren I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do Get this, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Get that garbage out of your mind of your old life. Get that addiction hold out of your life. Get those strongholds out of your life. Forget those things that are behind. And he says, reach toward, reach forward to those things which are ahead. Hallelujah. Have a vision for your life. Say, God, I cut off all the garbage. I crucify the flesh. I kill it all. And I reach forward. I reach toward the vision you have for me, Lord God. I press toward the goal for the prize. (laughs) The prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Is that your call this morning? Is that your desire? Will you be a man of God? Will you be a woman of God? Will you stand up to the world? Will you say, I'm serving the Lord? Hallelujah! Come hell or high water, I'm serving Jesus. Our vision must be planted solidly in Christ. Romans 12, 2 says, renewing our minds, serving others, being responsible men and women. May our yes be yes and our no be no. Amen? May we be people of our word. May may we do what, what Romans 13 says, to owe no man anything but to love one another. May we pay our bills. May we be responsible. May we live on the solid side of life. Amen? On Christ's solid rock I stand. Hallelujah. All other ground is sinking sand. (coughs) Hallelujah. I need that water, honey. (coughs) Thanks, brother. You know, uh, I'm preaching down in Branson a couple weeks ago, and and the water didn't do any good. And uh, I started talking, and I had a soprano voice instead of an alto. But uh, hallelujah, I got the power this morning, Amen. So on Christ, the solid rock I stand. Our dream and our vision must be to be his hand extended, reaching out to the oppressed. Let me touch him. Let me touch Jesus so that others may know and be blessed. Amen? That's an old chorus for you youngins that we used to sing. An old chorus that we would sing and worship and say yes. Lord, to be your hand extended, reaching out to the oppressed. Hallelujah. 
So let's have a vision in our lives. Let's have a vision like Victor Plymeyer. Victor Plymeyer, the generation back, was a man who wouldn't stop until he had reached a country that was void of Jesus Christ. He had a vision in his heart to go to Tibet. And Tibet was a was worshipped uh, devils, worshipped all kinds of idols, never knew the gospel, never heard the gospel. And Victor Plymeyer went coast to coast in that country, went to China, from China over into Tibet, handed out hundreds of thousands of gospels in their language, led, led uh, the villages were all run by uh, warlords, and led warlords to Jesus, hallelujah, had warlords that said, come back, please come back, come back and share more of, of your message, and he was able in his lifetime to cover that whole country with the gospel of Jesus because he had a vision, amen? Have a vision like Tommy Barnett who says he had a dream that would never die, hallelujah. Some of you have dreams this morning that won't die, some of you have visions in your life that won't die. Tommy Barnett had a dream that would never die. It began decades ago when he was a boy evangelist. God told him that one day he would be an international evangelist. But yet he was pastoring a church, and he built mega churches in Davenport, Iowa, and Phoenix, Arizona. And then he, he and his son started the Dream, uh, Dream Center Ministry, which is worldwide. But through all these years, he held on to that dream, a dream that would never die. And now in his 80s, guess what? He's traveling internationally, preaching the gospel all around the world. Hallelujah. So when you get a dream from God, when you have a vision, when you say, as Dave said Friday night, he wants to serve the Lord. He wants to work for God. He wants to give his life to the Lord. He wants his life to count for Jesus. Ben Brumbach said in his article, don't be robbed of your divine destiny. He said, when we receive a word from heaven, we must pursue it with all of our hearts. We must have tenacious faith to hold on to what God has given us. Whether or not our dream comes to pass is up to us. We must not allow the devil to rob us of our divine destiny, right? Hebrews 10, 30, 10, 23 says, let us hold fast. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Hallelujah. God's given us the power of the Holy Spirit. We can take, it, we can take these promises to the bank that God is faithful he who has promised us eternal life is faithful. He who has promised to call us, to lead us, to use us, that we could be a fire for God. Hallelujah. He who has promised to give you a vision and a dream, he will bring it to pass. Ephesians 2 verse 10 said, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. So as you respond to the Lord, God's already prepared the highway, hasn't he? God's already prepared the expressway. God's already prepared the good works. All we have to do is walk in them. Walk in God's vision for you. Walk in your vision for God. In Acts 20, 24, it, say, it talks about we are made for a mission. 
But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So Paul is sharing here, uh, they, they told him his life, he was going to be killed, and he said, none of these things matter to me, hallelujah, for I'm going to finish the race with joy. I'm going to finish the race with the vision, with the dream God has for me. I have linked up with his dream. Ephesians 5.15 says, let us redeem the time because the days are evil. In other words, don't waste the clock on useless endeavors. Use the time for Jesus, right? And then our final verse in Colossians 3.23, and whatever you do, do it heartily, heartily as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. Hallelujah, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. As we conclude this morning and the worship team comes up and praise God for the worship team. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, praise God for everybody that keeps this church together. Amen. All the leaders and all you that, that volunteer, what a blessing you are. But as we say yes to God's vision for us, let's say yes in obedience to him, right? Pastor Gary Wilkerson said, do you long to see his glory in your life? Ask Jesus to lead you step by step into the destination he has for you. It will be unimaginable. Hallelujah. It'll be a 10 plus, I can tell you that. And the world will never be the same.